Welcome to Witchy Wellness Weekly. If you love learning and interweaving health, self-growth, and making magic, this is the show for you. And when we come together, this is where we share how to breathe magic into your daily practice with creative self-care inspiration to empower your unique journey to easeful health through witchy wellness. So that you can remember that your health choice is always your own. We are here to empower your free will to decide for yourself. I'm Sterling, your magical methods mentor, nature-based medicine maker, farm life purveyor, and nerd for all things esoteric. You can find my alchemical experiments at www.wildfolkwitchmuse.com. We are joined by our co-host, Hillary is a certified clinical Ayurvedic practitioner with the eye of a fine artist, specializing in customizing herbs, nutrition, and habits that support your body's unique cyclical rhythms. At www.wildveda.com. To support this show and we the creators or for behind the scenes content, early access, and member-only experiences, come join the tribe at www.patreon.com slash witchy wellness. Our private community is a safe place to explore your inner magic. Where you are the hero of your own story on a planet that is thriving. It's prime time to climb out of the broom closet, my friends, because our earth needs your wild magic right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're so glad to have you here. And I am about to ask Hillary something amazing. Her Ayurveda course. What are you calling that course? Ayurveda 101, Know Yourself, Heal Yourself. It just launched last week and I got to be a part of it because I am a very lucky girl. And I was absolutely enthralled. I thought I knew things about myself and Ayurveda and in general going into it. And it was just the first day of a basic introductory course and I learned so much. And one of the things that really stuck out to me actually didn't have anything to do at all with Ayurveda. It had to do with how Hillary held the space for the course. And that is this set of house rules that she created and introduced to us that I think is absolutely fantastic. And if all of human society managed to operate this way, we would absolutely transcend this reality and everything would be like instantaneous manifestation and everyone would be totally their most awesome self and we'd all just have a lot more fun. So, <laughs> On the way to actualizing humanity at such a level, we're introducing the house rules here on the Wild Magic Podcast and in our Wild Magic membership program. So, hey everybody, we have a membership program, number one. You can join. And also, this is now the framework for our community moving forward. Check it out. You might want to introduce it in your life as well. Hillary, take it away. All right. So I feel like whenever we start new things, we need, we need like stability and foundation to build upon. And so I actually adopted these house rules from a couple different people and combined them. Um, one person is my love, one, my really good friend and my roommate our housemate rather, um, Jessie Fresh, who teaches about erotic blueprints. And she has learned too from her teacher, Jaya, that always, always you start with pleasure. So pleasure first. I just want to give a shout out to the people that I have adopted them first, and then we can jump into it. 
And then this other woman, um, Kylie, Kylie McBeath, I think that's how you say her last name. Um, she is married to Mark Groves and they, they do a lot of relational work on like healthy relationships. And I, when I've heard her talk, she kind of gives these, this breakdown of house rules. So together I've combined them along with a little bit of my own, own flair to it. And so, yeah, I think they're really, really important and really valuable. So the first one, like I said, is pleasure first and to always, always take care of yourself. And that's like, you know, I was introducing it in, in the course that we started, um, a six week course and it's all over zoom. And so we're all spending a ton of time on computers and, and that can be just really challenging in and of itself, but this can really be applied to anything. Like when you're at work, when you're, you know, I don't know, what do you think? Like when you're doing anything, being a human, <laughs> when you're being a human, being embodied. I mean, okay. And now I feel like I'm being exclusive because obviously etheric and spiritual beings, like you are totally allowed to put pleasure first as well. So let's just say experience <laughs> like in all experience at any time <laughs> if we could operate from this place <laughs> in uh, along with the following rules it's actually really important any one of these could get out of balance but there's you'll understand as you listen further to how hillary introduces the concepts they work synergistically so please don't like jump down the comment hole of weird things that happen when people put pleasure before everything else. Because we're not saying put pleasure before everything else. We're saying put pleasure first, synergistically, along with all of these other rules, which are just as important, even though they were not primarily introduced. Because the idea is that if you come from the root of experiencing pleasure, you're gonna be in a better mood and it will be easier to undertake all of these other actions they're not even necessarily actions all of these other principles okay continue <laughs> yes exactly thank you <laughs> so with pleasure first that can mean anything it can mean really simple things but like always always tuning into your body and what you need first do you need to use the bathroom do you need some water do you need to stretch like are you feeling achy do you need to do a little movement and this can literally, like I said, be applied anywhere. If you're working and your neck is sore, like just giving yourself like a little massage for a second, just like attending to your body and what you need to be and, and move through with a more pleasure in like from a more pleasurable state. So that's just like taking care of yourself and making sure you feel good, like base level. And everyone, oh, sorry. Everyone imagine how much more tuned in and capable and productive and successful you would have felt as a child in school and other organized activities if you were allowed to listen to your needs first and you didn't have to raise your hand and ask publicly to take care of your bodily functions. Like just how fundamentally disempowering from a young age is that? Talk about being indoctrinated and domesticated. So let's rewind. <laughs> let's reverse all that very early, super basic and continuous year upon year upon year of trauma of not being allowed to listen to yourself. And everyone, remember, you have permission and also the autonomous right to take care of your personal needs first so that you may feel in a state of pleasure. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And that's something too, like talked about in Ayurveda is like there, I think it's something like there's like 13 natural urges or something that, um, I can't remember the exact number, I'm pretty sure it's 13 natural urges. Um, and that's like using the bathroom or like passing gas or like burping or things like that, that are just like our bodies do. And by not doing those, we are causing our bodies just like innate harm by not letting our bodies be bodies. <laughs> so pleasure first, long story short. The next one is no shame. 
So especially like in this realm that we're talking in about health and wellness, um, we all have bodies and minds. Well, also we are just talking about being energetic beings. Maybe they're listening to, <laughs> but, um, like we all have bodies and minds that do things that sometimes we wish that they wouldn't do. Like our bodies are having experiences that we wish could be different or same with our minds, like thinking or feeling things that we don't want. Um, and I think it's a really important thing to recognize that everyone is having this experience on some level. And so as we talk about health and wellness, like moving forward, it's really important to come from a place of no shame. Like we're all in it, we're all having it. And, and talking about this can bring up a lot, a lot, a lot of emotion, um, especially if you're in a place that you wish that you weren't, or you wish you were like further along with whatever, with whatever you're wanting in your life. So super important to come from that space. Um, and then the next one is, so no pedestals. And this is like very, very important to me. Um, when I started learning about Ayurveda, I put my teachers on these very high pedestals and I was like, oh, they're so spiritual and they're so enlightened and like these wisdom keepers and these incredible beings that I'm so far away from. I am very far down here and they're very much up there. And with that, that is very damaging. Like, really we're all on these different paths we all have experience from our experiences like we're all learning in different ways and we all have these lessons that arrive in different ways but one is not better than the other and just because someone has a certain spiritual path or speaks a certain way or dresses a certain way or teaches a certain body of knowledge does not mean that they are better than you or that you are better than them or lesser than them or vice versa. And once I really recognized this, that like, oh, this teacher that seems so like spiritually high to me is actually really just human with very human traits and like ways of being and actually we're just equal and also in different places, but not better or worse, not higher or lower. Like that helps me realize that I, I get to like navigate my world as I am. I really love that. <laughs> I really love that sentence you just said. I liked all the sentences, but that one, oh, that I one. realized that I get to navigate my world as I am because it's so important and poignant to have that realization. And also how the fuck else are you supposed to navigate your world? <laughs> like you can't actually do it any other way. So you're just in this turmoil with yourself until you can accept that fact. And so it's beautiful that you got there. And I wanted to talk about the danger of placing on a pedestal from the flip side of the same coin, which is that when someone has placed me on a pedestal, which actually happens a lot because I have a really big personality. So people either immediately react in a negative or positive way to me. And a lot of times I get put like way up on a pedestal. And now because it's happened so much, I can tell when it happens. And I actually immediately have a visceral reaction in a more negative sense to being placed on that pedestal and want to knock myself off of it immediately because eventually whoever placed me on this pedestal is gonna realize that I am a human and yes I have some amazing gifts and I also have some outrageous shortcomings and eccentricities and strange odd behaviors that are not congruent with their initial concept of me that put me up on this pedestal and all of a sudden boom I come tumbling down and it's crazy because I didn't put myself on that pedestal. I had really no control over this ideation in someone else's mind, but somehow I feel the effects of no longer being on the pedestal I did not place myself on to begin with. And it hurts me 
even though I had nothing to do with it. So yeah, like pedestals are dangerous for everyone. And then there's another component of it too, which is like from the observer's perspective of being neither the pedestaler or the pedestalee. And that is that when we place someone on a pedestal, we actually create a vulnerability in ourselves that is very easy to see and also manipulate. So in a situation where I've placed someone on a pedestal, because like you said, they're this amazing teacher who has this spiritual knowledge or they're, I'm admiring what they're doing because it's what I want to attain on some level or whatever reason, I now am broadcasting to the world that I have created a gap between me and this person that I would like to bridge, but do not feel equipped to do so. So when the person who's been placed on the pedestal senses that and knows that they could make an effort that looks like bridging the gap and be invited in way past my safe boundaries, that's when you get situations of like grooming, not in a nice way, not in a hygienic way. Grooming in a way yeah, where now all of a sudden this person who I have decided is amazing is paying me this special attention and I'm going to behave however I need to to continue to get the attention that bridges this gap between me and this person that I created in the first place. And that's the interesting thing too is realizing that because I placed them on the pedestal, I actually have control over the situation. I actually created the gap. I actually unlocked the back door and said, hey, come on in, <laughs> take what you want, stay as long as you need. And it's a lot harder to get someone out of your energy when you have allowed them in because of your feelings of inadequacy or placing them on some sort of pedestal. And sure, Hopefully, someone you've placed on a pedestal wouldn't take advantage of you in that sort of way, but actually, it happens a lot. And sometimes they're not even conscious of it. And sometimes they're very conscious of it. And that's a dangerous situation. Very dangerous. And this could be a whole nother podcast episode. In fact, I think it should be. Um, I definitely, that like pedestals have been my history no longer. I have really deeply learned my lesson here, but I have been in serious abusive relationships, mental, emotional, like psychopathic, like experiences with people because they preached this spiritual way that I valued so deeply. And to me, because, because they were super in shape and because they were really healthy seeming and because they, they just were so righteous in their thoughts, I was like, oh, well, they must know more than I do. And they must know life better than I do. So I should actually listen to all things that they're saying. And that is very, very dangerous. So it, yeah, it took some really scary, huge mega lessons for me, um, that were basically like death experiences, <laughs> um, in order for me to learn this lesson. So hopefully you don't have to learn this lesson as hard as maybe we've had to learn it. <laughs> um, but yes, long story short is no pedestals. <laughs> no pedestals. Equal playing field, all coming from the heart, heart plane, like radiating out. And this is where we all meet in this information where we gather and share together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so to be continued with that conversation for sure. <laughs> and then... So, okay, so just to or reframe, so pleasure first, no shame, no pedestals. And then the last one on this, um, on this note is to not use any information that we share here around like health and wellness to use it to punish yourself. So do not use this information to punish yourself. Use this information for like, deepening your relationship to yourself to your self-care and to your self-love and that means like moving slowly with it not just like like taking this and like applying everything at once and just trying to change everything about yourself it's like 
no, take what, take the small, like next best step and then keep taking those small next best steps while checking in with your body and your mind and your needs and your own intuition and truth and really exploring it for yourself and not because someone told you to do it. And taking the next best step sometimes means taking a couple steps backwards, which would like raise all the red flags, except we're not walking in a straight line in one direction. That's not like linearity isn't real in that way. We're basically spinning, spinning around in circles, y'all. So like when you have to tune into yourself and understand that your next baby step is actually back to where you just came from, do it. Honestly, those are the moments that provide for me personally the most growth. It's like that revisit point. Like there's a there's a point, there's a reason why as kindergartners we're taught to plan and then do and then review because the actual learning happens in the review process. So if you have to take a couple steps backwards instead of pushing forwards too hard, too fast and hurting yourself because you don't want to do it wrong, you take that baby step backwards and you look at what just happened and that makes the dendrite connections, the synapses in your brain that store information and that actually will rewire your mind to live in a more balanced and healthful way with your true needs. That's probably the most important part of the whole process. Cause otherwise you're a whiteboard and you run out of space on the whiteboard. And so you just erase it all and keep writing. And there's no record of what came before. And you don't remember because that was like five steps ago and I was focusing on this one. Yeah. Yeah. The importance of reflection is so, so deeply important because that is where, that's where the true learning comes. If we're always pushing forward, we're not reflecting and then we're not really learning from our past experiences. Um, and that's something I think as a culture, we really need to grow in is actually like really taking that time to reflect and step back and see the larger picture, see the deeper themes. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast of like the importance of journaling, because that is really where you can reflect um, and like take that time to kind of like tune in, tune into that, tune into the deeper unfolding of what's going on. Let's talk more about that. Tie it into journaling a little harder because I know how much you and I believe wholeheartedly in journaling. Like maybe if I had a dogma, that would be it. <laughs> like, if, like if I had to just proselytize one thing it would be journal I don't care how I don't care when just do it so let's talk a little bit more about how to do that yes I think that's a great a great next step and journaling too like I I have some friends and even myself have had like a repulsion to journaling before um but this can be in, you could like voice journal, you know, you could do like audio recordings of you. I do that. That is 100% the most, I, I write on paper for my gratitudes in the morning, which is like a third of a page. And at night I do a little bit of scripting sometimes, or I'll write in a dream journal handwriting, but 80% of my journaling quote unquote is me talking into a recording device because I find I'm so in the habit of it that I'm just having that conversation out loud all the time anyways, even when I'm not recording. But when I do intentionally record it, and then also at some nebulous future point, take a step backwards and do the review process and listen back to it, I just get flabbergasted and I'm like, I'm a fucking genius. Like, whoa, girl, you said this thing. It's blowing my mind. Don't even remember saying that. Totally. And I, yeah, I think like that is, that is such a good point. When we don't take time to reflect, we don't get to like see our own magic and our own wisdom. And, and that's like, that is the truth of the matter is like, we all carry such deep innate wisdom from our lineages, from things that we've learned, from experiences that we've had. And if you don't give yourself a chance to like see that in yourself, you're missing such gems. Like what? And also we're all channels. Like we're all, we're these like beings 
we're going to talk about this more. We have like these portals of experiencing the world with through our senses, like our eyes, our ears, our noses, our mouths, our skin as receptor sites. Like we are these like beings that have portals that take in life and life moves through us. And that's happening like on a microcosmic and macrocosmic level all the time. And so giving yourself a chance to see your, see reflections of yourself, not just in the mirror, but like through these different ways of seeing is very, very, very valuable. And you can learn so much just from yourself. Absolutely. And it's you, each of us is 100% distinct, totally unique. No one, no one else. It doesn't matter how precisely parallel your life is to someone. It doesn't matter if you're a conjoined twin. You have different, distinct, unique, singular wisdom than anyone else. And only you know it until you share it. And the first step is sharing it with yourself. And you will be so amazed because it will be things that you didn't even know you know. And how can you hope to share your unique, distinct magic with anyone else if you're not ready to share it with yourself. And that's like the whole reason we're here. We are literally, each of us, synthesizing this sensory input into a totally distinct song, I guess, vibration, like we, we are these conduits. We're literally channels, like Hillary said, and, and to some people that context might sound woo-woo, but think of it like a radio station, like a channel on the TV, like actually these different frequencies. So what I'm tuned into in terms of the information I'm taking in from my past experiences and what I am currently experiencing in reality with all of my senses and my personality and my predispositions and all of that it it stews and congeals into something that comes back out of me that has never before been exactly that way so <laughs> it's really important that you tune into that for yourself through journaling <laughs> and then build up the confidence to introduce it back into the world however you need to do that because honestly that is what each of us is here to do and that's basically all you have to do is share you and your magic with the world that is why we're here and that is like all the reasons why people don't feel sane or healthy or accepted or okay or actualized or creative or any of those things it's because you're trying to meter or block or you are fundamentally disconnected from the thing that you're here to share and you don't have to know what that is you just have to you just have to be it you don't have to you don't have to know it you don't have to censor it you don't have to fine-tune it you don't have it doesn't have to become something else before you are it because you just are it you're the thing you're the thing you're supposed to share you're already it all of you you're all ready the thing yes <laughs> yes so deeply so yes um the metaphor that keeps coming to my mind and like this might apply to some people might get this metaphor more than others but like in college I took these fiber art classes and I took a weaving course and we I learned all about weaving and I feel like that is like a metaphor for what we're doing here and what we're all doing like on a larger and small scale is like we are these threads and we each have like our own texture and our own color and our own like our own magic um our own material that we're made of and then we weave together with all the people and the things around us and then we create this thing be it you know, a hanging wall piece or like fabric or for clothing or whatever we're creating together. And like me coming together with Sterling and we're, we're both very different. Like we are very different, but we have these different, like, because we're solid and stable in ourselves, we're able to like come together and we don't like melt into each other, but we weave a very magical thing together as we bring our knowledge and our wisdom and ex our experiences together, not merging into the other, but creating together. 
And that's the goal here. Absolutely. And we're both such beautiful, unique, distinct yarn. And <laughs> it would never be the weaving that we create together if it was not us combining our unique, distinct yarn. <laughs> so like it takes being a unique individual capable of sitting in your self and figuring out how to express yourself to then combine with another unique, distinct individual that is sitting in themselves and able to express themselves to create something that is greater than the sum of the parts that would not otherwise ever have the opportunity to exist. Weaving is a great example of that. So is like cooking anything. So is math. <laughs> like numbers do the same thing. <laughs> like it's all, it's all patterns. You know, you, you have a seed, you have dirt, you have water. Each of those things is just exactly what they are, which is totally unique and distinct. And they're all very busy just being exactly what they are. When you combine them, you can grow a tree. None of those things yeah. were a tree before. <laughs> and you need all the parts. You have to have them all to get a tree. <laughs> and they need to be different. Because if it, they were all just water, then you just have a puddle. <laughs> you, would, you would not have a tree. <laughs> that, that would not be a tree. <laughs> that would be a puddle. <laughs> Wishing that it was a tree. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that maybe that's why puddles uh, show reflections. Because you could see the reflection of a tree in a puddle, but the reflection of the tree in the puddle is still not a tree. <laughs> okay, y'all? <laughs> Just sit with that. Journal, journal about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're going to be like deemed the most woo podcast. <laughs> I imagine there's wooier than us. <laughs> Probably. I mean, because if you think about it, like, we're, we're pretty woo compared to non-woo. We are not very woo-woo compared to the mega-woo. That's, that's I walk into a room full of woo, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I am so practical and down-to-earth and pragmatic, y'all. Right. And then I walk into a room of, you know, rugby players, and I'm like, I'm a fairy princess from the moon. It's very interesting. <laughs> That's true. Always all in context. Okay, I want to pull this like conversation to this next thing. We're going to go back to house rules, but I think what we were just talking about, about like being ourselves like unapologetically so and learning and moving as ourselves and not like bending and forming to other people or ways of being that's like the definition of health. So in Ayurveda, the term for health is called svasta. And the first part of that word sva means self. And the second part of that word means the second part is tha, which is established, solid, or steady. And so the whole word combined is to be established and solid in yourself. And that's what health is. So aside from all the different things that say what health is like fundamentally so is just being like solid and steady inside of your own being super important <laughs> just felt like that was a necessary definition that basically sums up everything that we just said in one single two syllable word which is why ancient wisdom is ancient <laughs> because like it has staying power right we just had that whole conversation and it took a lot of words and it was great and there was some self-expression happening and good job us and also this two-syllable word means exactly the same thing <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah totally You are listening to Witchy Wellness Weekly. Our why is empowering the wild woman. For those of you who want more in-depth guidance on herbs, wellness rituals, astrological forecasts, and magical creations, 
we've created a newsletter. Subscribe at bit.ly slash witchy wellness weekly. Our how to cleanse without killing yourself book and workbook bundle is on pre-sale now. You can buy our books directly from we the authors at www.payhip.com slash wildfolk or from other online retailers if you must. Okay, so we are going to harp more on why you should journal. And we mean like a very broad definition of journal. Like I personally have maybe like 16 different definitions of journaling. So it's an umbrella topic and we could go like way, way, way into it. So first, I think the best thing to address is what you touched on earlier, Hillary, which is like what to do about manifesting a serious block around journaling. Like why? Like what? Cause I've experienced that too. And I think maybe everyone does like I have for long swaths of my life, months at a time, maybe even years felt really intense resistance to keeping any sort of journal. And in retrospect, um, why did I feel like that? Yeah. Well, so at different points in my life, like I, I didn't really start journaling until my twenties and like early, early twenties, like probably 20. (laughs) Um, and I guess when I was younger, I had kept like a couple different journals about like some travels that I had, but I remember learning from my mom that she did not keep journals and she did not write anything down because she didn't want anyone to find it. And she felt like afraid of what was inside of her being found out. Go ahead. I would like to know what was going on in your mom's life that she was so petrified about anyone finding out about that she did not keep a journal in general, because it sounds really interesting and I like to know people's ooey gooey secrets, but also specifically because my first encounter with Hillary's mom was extremely embarrassing. And I believe that in Hillary's mother's mind, I still have not lived that moment down (laughs) and it may continue into infamy. And it is the kind of thing that I imagine a woman who's afraid of keeping a journal would be terrified of having happen in their life. Yeah. Do you want to, did you want to talk about that experience or do you want me to talk about the, the... I'm not going to talk anymore about it. If you would like to explain it at all, you may, but I just had to interject that because it's, because I would love to know some embarrassing shit about your mom because I am so embarrassed about the things your mom thinks about me. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. I don't know the full story. I know parts of the story because Sterling was friends with my brother and there, I think there was like shenanigans and hot tubs and lots of alcohol and, and nudity that happened and my mom came home. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Hillary and I ever met, how did you know of me, Hillary? What did, what, what was, what was the one indicator? How would you, how did you have Sterling classified in your mind before we ever met? that you were my brother's like really 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 good friend like almost like besties and like you guys partied super hard together (laughs) and also yeah and how did your well I was just gonna say how would your mom have uh explained to me I think I think like it was so long ago but I'm pretty sure it was just like that you were very like you all as a group were very debaucherous and (laughs) the only time I've met Hillary's mom I didn't have any pants on and I was standing in her kitchen yes (laughs) but she was in the kitchen and my mom like woke up or something I don't know and like came came out into the kitchen it was very late I don't know either Danelle managed to hide behind the refrigerator I was not the only person not wearing pants. I was the only person who was seen not wearing pants standing in the kitchen (laughs) at three or four in the morning. Totally. 
Yeah. So <laughs> Sterling was in my house before I ever knew her without pants on, which is <laughs> apparently <laughs> probably why we're friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I don't, I honestly, I don't know like what was going on for my mom, but I think gener generationally speaking, like she grew up in a family that was like, children are meant to be seen and not heard. And it was just a different time. Like her dad had come back from the war and it was just very different. Like women were to also to be like seen and not heard so much and just like take care of the house. And so I think there's like an evolution of this that's happened. And now we're living in a very different time, but that's, I think my mom's upbringing. And so probably just like things that aren't even intense for us, probably really intense for her because she was like breaking this script and breaking the mold of what her parents had taught her. And strangely enough, like I had a very intense psychedelic experience where I think I experienced the karma of this pattern in my family where I was I felt that somebody was sitting inside of my psyche and my subconscious and seeing all of my secrets and all of my things that I didn't want anyone else to know about people who I loved, like loving somebody and not admitting it because it was too vulnerable, things like that. And suddenly I felt completely exposed and like all of my secrets were not actually secrets. And it felt so intense and so vulnerable. And I imagine that that is where my mom was coming from in the not wanting to journal. And I imagine a lot of people are coming from that place of not wanting to be um, found out, figured out that their secrets are so, so like maybe dark or strange or like scary. But I think like my experience through that was like, oh, wow we actually think that we are like have these secrets that are not to be known. And I think we all have them and it makes us really human. And the more that you can like free yourself from the shame, like we talked about in the beginning, like the shame, guilt, anything like that, the freer you become, like the freer your energy becomes and the freer you are to become yourself. And that is the magic of journaling, of like really becoming unafraid of yourself, your thoughts, your psyche, the things that you think are deep, dark, down inside, like your shadow self and bringing those like places to the surface and like giving them light and giving them breath and giving them space to like accept them and realizing that you're not bad like you're not bad like the things you think and feel are not bad other people think them too <laughs> you're not alone there there are so many people on this planet if you're having a thought or a feeling that you think is like no guaranteed there are thousands of other people that have had those thoughts and feelings as well absolutely and the more you do that the more you free yourself and the more that you get to be more fully yourself so journal <laughs> do it do it do it now yeah and like figure out a way that works for yourself that you can like let let those darker corners of your being come to the surface and have space like be it audio or um what is it like speaking and in, speaking into a recording for your like on your phone and listening back or literally like writing it out or journaling or singing it out like if you create songs like turning it into songs that no one else has to hear like whatever form that needs to move through you to like free up energy and free up your ability to like become more of yourself do it do it this is liberation this is yeah. where you liberate yourself absolutely I even it's funny because I mentioned there were those like swaths of time where I wouldn't journal I was still always writing poetry and songs I didn't realize they were songs at the time I only thought about them as poetry until I don't know I was well into my 20s at the beginning of my 20s uh but it's interesting 
because the poems hold all those things, even if it's in metaphor, even if it's a 12-year-old's uh, rhyme scheme, you know, it's still, I can read back through all those napkin scribble poems and unearth these gems of who I was in that moment or what I was going through or what I was transmuting and it's so interesting because it really comes in waves and phases like I recently lived in Los Angeles in Hollywood for uh, over a year and that was the culmination of basically my entire childhood and adolescent dream of being a part of the entertainment industry being an actress being a singer being a performer and doing it the Hollywood way and that was a thing that I needed to do and I needed to live it out to its full extent because otherwise it would always be this piece inside of me that I hadn't pursued. But while I was there, I wrote a lot. I was very creatively productive, but the things that I was writing, a lot of songs, a lot of lyrics, wow, it was dark. It was so dark super like channeling some demonic hellmouth portal kind of dark. Like I read it now, this was recently, this was just up until lockdown started, which is when I left LA. Oh my gosh, I am so not in the frame of mind that I was in 18 months ago. And it's interesting because I've had other times in my life where the things I was journaling and the things that I was writing in poetry and song, the art that I was coming up with was very dark. Like I have, <laughs> my Pluto is retrograde in Scorpio in my 10th house. Like I go all the way down, 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 down to the depths. Like me and Persephone, we know that shit. We do it all the time. But the flavor of darkness that I was writing when I was in LA was a very particular flavor. And it's really interesting because if you, Hillary or the listener, I know you kind of do, it, if you listener have looked at all, turned any stones over to understand the machinations of Hollywood and the entertainment industry, the music industry, the film industry, any of that, you know that shit is really, really dark, cesspool, dank, haunted, dark and that's what was coming through in my writing and it's so interesting because it seems like a different person wrote it when I read it now I'm like whoa <laughs> whoa who is this like what is this that's like something was coming through in that particular time in my life and that place that I was and I captured it in words and it's super valuable because I needed to get it out in words because I wouldn't want to keep that inside of me, it was like, like releasing steam, you know, or like being an acupuncture needle in this place and culture that really, really needs some help transmuting that dark, dark energy. And now the things that I write about are unrecognizable to that voice. And I feel like if I hadn't had such a practice of self-expression and radical honesty in what I was creating and like a willingness to really sit there in the uncomfortable, super strange, super dark thoughts and get them out that I would be a completely different person right now. <laughs> Still be carrying that around with me in some weird dark shadow place. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's like integration. Like we have to integrate, we have to like pull what's down up. We have to pull what's up down. We have to integrate them and like intermingle them and let them like fuse together to like fully become, you know? Yeah. Otherwise we just are afraid of, afraid of that like dark place. And we all have it. Like we live on a polarity planet. I'll say it over and over again. It's what my teacher, one of my like um, Kundalini yoga teachers would always say. We are on a polarity planet. 
everything has its polarity and then its whole spectrum and bridge to get to each other, you know? So there's just like one thing and then the complete opposite and then the whole spectrum of in between of getting to the two. Mm-hmm. And we're all of it. And that if you think that you are only light and vibration and, and like, per, like perfectness and whatever, that's spiritual bypass. If you think you're better than the darkness and all that, no, there are lessons in both. Both are equally important because both are poles of the same thing. Being able to like traverse that, those opposing qualities and like pull them in and through you and out of you that's that's like the experience like that's getting real with life and being like a real human and living fully you can spiritually bypass all day long and just sit in the sit in the bliss and the light and the whatever but you're missing out on huge information integration and connection with other people not only are you missing out on those things not only are you ignoring super huge component and vital part of being human and having the human experience but you're also not paying attention to an entire half of your being and the reality around you to the point where that is just going unchecked like a pot that you left on the stove that has boiled over and completely cooked and congealed and caught on fire and now your whole kitchen is burning down and you're sitting in the living room gazing out the window and like that just because it's really pretty outside doesn't mean your kitchen is not on fire it's (laughs) like a rubber band like if you hold it between two fingers and you keep them equidistant from the center then they're well balanced. But if you just pull one way, way, way out here to the other side, it's either going to break, snap back, and really hurt when it hits you, or that other pole is gonna smash into you because of the tension created because you're not checking back in to keep the balance. Totally. Spiritual bypass is a really good phrase for that. I don't think that I've used that phrase before it makes perfect sense because that's exactly what it is and for anyone that's grown something like a plant or I mean even just picturing it in your mind what if you were so you had control over how you grow as a human as a child like physically and you're so focused on growing your legs because you want to be so tall because you want to be able to see the highest thing that you can see And that means that you've completely forgot to grow your arms or your organs or your head or anything. And then you're just all legs. You're not going to (laughs) function. You're not going (laughs) to function as a human because you're missing growth in all these other areas. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. And anyone that tries to tell you different, well, number one, they're wrong. (laughs) But number two, they're either placing themselves on a pedestal, placing you on a pedestal, attempting to take advantage of you, or so completely out of touch with this reality and themselves that you shouldn't be taking their advice. (laughs) True. So true. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It's making me think of like a couple books actually um, that have been really like important in my process of of like opening up in the realm of writing and there's one that was gifted to me and it even just the all the information that you need is in the title (laughs) which is (laughs) I don't even know if you need to read the book I haven't read the whole book I read parts of it but I just read I just read the title it was actually just read the title so here you go here's the knowledge from the title it's called writing through the darkness that's that. what you know. Oh, look, another sentence that totally encapsulated the entire last 45 minutes of the conversation and everything I said in just like, what, five words? Great. <laughs> so concise. And like in these other like really important books that were in my early 20s that really helped me were like The Artist's Way and um, You Can Heal Your Life. And they had these like writing prompts that just really like, 
helped me get in touch with all of those different places. And we're going to be coming up with a book um, and like a workbook as well of writing prompts and things like that to really get in touch with these places that are so important in us to explore, to develop, to see, to feel, to acknowledge. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Absolutely. And writing prompts are such a great place to start. And, and, and you can even take it, you could take that into as complex of a concept as it needs to be. And like, you know, have 50 journal prompts and do a different prompt every evening and this and that, or you can just do the same prompt every day which is what I do in the morning. I have a gratitude journal. It's part of my larger gratitude practice, but honestly, it is the most essential part for me. And if I only do one thing, it's that. And it's the same thing every morning in the same journal, in the same place. I open it up and I start with, I am grateful for. And then I put what I'm grateful for, whatever comes up. And then I start the next sentence, I am grateful for, and I put whatever I'm grateful for. And I do that as many times as I need to for it to then morph into maybe a more complex sentence, but maybe it doesn't. And maybe I just write that same sentence over three times. I am grateful for my dog. I am grateful for my tea. I am grateful for the sun rising. And it can be that simple and it's the same thing every morning and that doesn't make it less meaningful or less powerful. It makes it more powerful and it makes it more effective. And it is amazing. And it's always the same. Same journal, same pen, same first four words. Yep, love that. Yeah, that's super important. I I definitely have gone through like different iterations of like what, what I write, but, and I think this comes back to something that we're going to be talking a lot more about and like publishing in a book that is going to be coming out. And, um, you know, there's always something like we're always in different phases in our lives. So things do like morph and change. And I think it's so important to stick to something for a long time so that you have like a baseline and you have a routine. For example, what Sterling is talking about of like, it doesn't need to be complicated and every day you just write like what you're grateful for. And, you know, I was living in Miami for like a four month stint of time and I was there to heal from some really, really intense happenings. And I felt so broken. I felt just like fucked up beyond form. And so I went there by myself without really knowing anybody or anything. And I just was like, I'm here to meditate and write and heal and do yoga and watch the sunrise and set and nothing more. And I, every morning I would walk out onto this little dock that was right out of the apartment that I was staying in, um, which my aunt so gracefully gave to me while she studied or while she traveled through India. So I had this little safe haven to stay in by myself and really go inward. And so every morning I'd wake up and I'd walk out to this dock and I felt so heartbroken, but I would just sit there and write like every day I'm going to write 10 things that I'm grateful for because there's got to be something. And it is, it's simple. It's like, I'm grateful for the sunshine on my skin. I'm grateful for like being able to take one deep breath. I'm grateful for like the sun glistening on the water or like seeing a little like magical creature or like a bird sing. It can be that, but it gets you into this energy of gratitude and like the beauty of life and that can contradict the like pain of life that we experience as well so it's like counterbalancing things and the other practice that I did that if you're like in a phase of healing or heartbreak or anything like that I think is really simple and it helps with embodiment and it helps you connect to the inner inner you after I would write my gratitude list, I would sit and I would put my hands, both of my hands over my heart. And I would just breathe there for a second. And I would sit and I would ask my heart, like heart, what do you feel? And then I would pick up my pen and I would write, I would write what came to me. And it would be really simple, just certain words. I feel shaky. I feel expansive. I feel like there is a fire in my heart that 
I feel like I'm going to explode. Like I would just write whatever I felt that day. And then I would go back to putting my hands on my heart after I wrote. And I would say, heart, what do you need? And, and then I would write again, I would write the simple words that came to me and I would not let my intellectual mind get in the way. Sometimes it would. And I would just say, nope. And I would just write the first things that would come to me. What do you need? And like, some days it would be like, I need rest or I need nourishment or I need to go on a long walk or I need something really yummy or (laughs) I need like, I need to listen to the birds or whatever it was. And I would just write it and I would honor that. And I'd be like, okay, this is what I need to do today. This is what I need to do to heal. And so simple. It can be so simple. And you can make up your own practice. And if you don't want to make up your own practice, you can find practices. You can Google practices. You could use this practice. Um, But find something that can carry you through the like challenge or the pain or the fear or the like closed downness or depression or lethargy, whatever it is that you're experiencing that is very human, other people are experiencing too. You're not alone. And like, let let your own internal world carry you through it because that will create like the inner strength that you there's no possible way for you when you're doing this there's no possible way for you to like not trust yourself after you experience this enough like you know you'll say whoa i have internal wisdom that no one else can really tell me like this is coming from inside like my heart is literally speaking to me and that that is magic that is wild fucking magic finger snaps <laughs> finger snaps <laughs> and you can't do it wrong yes totally Oh, and this, can I share something else too? I'll just, I'll just go back to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're both having our hands on our hearts right now. We're having a moment. <laughs> Sterling is swaying. It's really beautiful. <laughs> listening to my heart. So at that point in my life, I was in a healing phase. I was really like just at ground zero, like fucking down and broken but like broken open not like broken unrepairable just broken open and very vulnerable and that was so I was in like a phase of journaling and this was about a little over a year ago and since then you know I've gone through many iterations of feeling and experiencing and growing and lately my journaling practice is very different and that's because it's like morphed and grown and so now when I'm journaling, I'm actually in a process of like building a life that is so like true and exciting and like joyful and loving for me. But I needed to go through that like pain and the breaking in order to be like, what the fuck is important to me? And like, what the fuck do I want? Like not what's being told, not what's being projected, not any of these things. Like what the fuck do I want for my life and how do I create it? And so now my journaling practice is very strange and different And a lot of the time, it's me meditating on the person that I'm in the process of becoming and stepping into an older version of myself and then writing a letter to my current self of how to bridge the gap between my current self and myself that I'm becoming. What what are the practices that I do as that deeper, more expanded self that I'm turning into? And what, what does she think about and what does she feel and what does she want and what is she doing? And, and so I'm tapping into a future self and my current self. And I'm not telling my current self that she's wrong. I'm telling her, oh, you're becoming something. You're in the process of becoming. And then I write, I write and I bridge the gap between those two selves. So <laughs> it's a little, I exp- love that. But it's, I love that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it really is, it really is indicative of how much a journaling practice can change. Like when we say journal, we really do mean like 27,000 different things. It really is an umbrella. And it's, it's again, so concisely what I was saying with so many words earlier, where like what I was writing, my creative output 
a year and a half ago in LA was these things that needed to come out. And now when I write, it's nothing like that. And it is way more about being so grateful that I'm not in that place anymore and understanding how amazing it is that I've moved so far from that point in time to this point in time and what is the next jump going to look like. And it's, it's very much, I'm in the middle shifting from getting out of the dark and shifting towards what you just described, speaking from the light on the other end of that rubber band. I'm like in the middle and I'm like, all right, okay, here's the balance point. Now what? <laughs> what is it? Now, now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no one else can tell me now what. I have to figure that out. I have to figure it out for myself. Totally. Yeah. And like people can help and like inspire and like whatever, but ultimately you, you know, and that's the whole point of this channel and this podcast and the things that we're creating is like bringing you back to the fact that you know better than anyone else knows what's right for you. And maybe you forget and you need little inspirations along the way because we all do. We need pep talks and things like that. But, but yeah, it's, it's quite the journey to, of becoming yourself over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it never stops. Nope. That's kind of the sure whole doesn't. point of what we're doing here on this planet being alive. That's <laughs> what this is. Totally. Yeah, what this is. Thanks, everybody. We love you so much. Remember to subscribe. Come join the membership too. The podcast will always be free. And then there's a lot of other awesome stuff that you can get access to if you become a member. We love you. Bye. Catch up with us on the blog at wildfolkwitchmuse.com. To stay up to date with our latest book release and receive exclusive discount codes, be sure to sign up for the email list. Subscribe and join the tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Witchy Wellness Weekly Subscription. If you're ready for recipes, rituals, resources, and original artwork to up-level your craft and self-care, sign up to receive the Weekly Witchy Wellness Kit at bit.ly slash witchy wellness weekly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash witchy wellness weekly. Everybody listening, we love you. Thank you for being here. And all these things will be linked below.